Hey everybody, Zach here. Before we get started with the podcast, I just want to let you know about our sponsor, Anchor. We're new to podcasting here at Salty Saints, and Anchor has made it so easy for us to get started. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain a little bit about it. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. The best part about Anchor, though, is that it's absolutely free. So if you, like us, want to get your word out there, you want to try your hand at podcasting, make sure that you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I am Zach, and I'm sitting here with Jason Kemp. What's up, Jason? What's going on, man? I'm I'm chilling. Just, yeah, yeah. Getting ready to talk to you about some digitable, uh, digitable, <laughs> digital minimalism. I'm there you sorry. go. I know. We it got took it. a second. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we uh, actually got a request from somebody to talk about this. Is this our first podcast topic request ever? I think it might be. So this big, is kind of cool. Big shout out to you, Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark, way to go. Um, so yeah, talking about digitable. Di- why am I doing this? Digitable, digitable, digital minimalism. Digital minimalism. I'm going to quit trying to say it all together yeah. like that. Um, what what is it? What is digital what, well, minimalism? It's I mean exactly what it sounds like. We're making uh, the digital aspect of life uh, as minimalistic in our life as we can. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, there's so many minimalistic um, theories and things out there, whether that's, I mean, that's what you do when you diet. You're minimizing your intake of calories or sugars or carbs or whatever to reach a goal uh, in your weight or your physical health or such, you know, or uh, what's uh, uh, Marie Kondo? You know, what? have you seen that? Have you not seen, heard about her? No, no. She's uh, she was big on Netflix, I think. Where it, talking about cluttering your house? Oh, is this like legit minimalism? Like where you get rid of everything? Yeah, you, like have you only have a certain number of shirts or a oh, certain number, you know, or that's so weird or thoughts like, um, you know, somebody's probably gonna give me a hard time, but like Steve Jobs yeah. apparently he only had like his black mock turtlenecks. And he had numerous ones. And his New Balance shoes. And his New Balance shoes and his jeans. jeans. Right, yeah. right. And so the idea was I don't spend energy making decisions on what I wear. I'm minimizing my choices there because this works. It's comfortable. It's who I am. So I'm just going to lean into that and save that energy and that effort for other things in my life. So there's all these different minimalistic ideas in sure. our world right you and, know and and might i just say that while some of them seem very significant and wise others seem really ridiculous <laughs> that's the be- that that was the nicest thing i could say okay. that fast i'm sorry yeah it, it could yeah i, I agree with you like, and so we've probably we've probably already got somebody listening going yeah digital no that's ridiculous right you know because right. the the world is digital and that's the direction we're moving Right. Well, you know, we're and, also we're also surrounded by a lot of things. Like we've got 
we've got so much here in Western culture. Like if you went to other parts in the world, people don't own nearly as much as the poorest family you're going to find here. Right. You know, it's just we've got so much stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, yeah. And so this uh, digital minimalism is not a anti-technology movement. That's furthest from the truth. Um, that it's it's how do we embrace technology in healthy ways, right. not you know technology is going to take over the world, so we need to fear it and push it away and not use it and blah blah blah. But no, we've got a computer, we've got an iPhone. Um, we're <laughs> expecting this podcast to be listened to through digital means, so it's not a anti-technology thing whatsoever. Right. Uh, it's just how do we do it healthily, healthily. We're going to have a tough time today, man. We are <laughs> digitally healthily. <laughs> digitally healthily. Um, this is going to be great. To, so to, to kind of give you some credit, like you are probably one of the more tech-savvy people I know. Like you just understand technology. You're, you get it. I don't. Not on the level that you do. Um, I know how to use technology to, to benefit me. But you like to go that extra step further and learn the ins and outs of things, and that that ain't me. <laughs> yeah, to an extent, less these days, maybe partly because of digital minimalism. But, but well, that's what I'm saying, though. My, but, yeah. my, my point is, you don't hate technology. You no, are no. great with technology. I I worked for one of the biggest tech companies in the world for a while, and right. absolutely loved my job. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. Right, and. That's largely what I do for the church. I feel that's part of my calling is to help the church utilize technology well. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the theme for me, and this is something that I've said to, I mean, whether it was you when you came on staff here or, um, you know, any of the guys and the gals in the booth running technology on Sundays or whatever we're doing throughout the week, um, is that technology in the church specifically, um, but I think this should serve in all of our life, not just the church, is that technology should serve us, not us serve technology. Right. And if we're not careful, technology can kind of run our life to an extent where we're we're almost slaves to it. We're well, that's, almost that's idolatry. Uh, but even I, th- I think idolatry, <laughs> idolatry. I think there's an intentional decision behind that. Of I want to serve this. But I think digital can take over in such a way that we don't even realize it's a subconscious serving that ding, and you automatically pick your phone up and look because you're you're almost trained to do that because of technology. And it was somebody's phone across the room. It wasn't even yours. It wasn't even your ding. It was a different ding, but you still had to look at your phone to know. So I, I think there's an unconscious and not intentional way that we serve technology as well that we don't see it as serving we still uh, we we just we don't think about it i guess my argument for the, like i i agree that it's unintentional but i i still don't think that that means it's not idolatry um biblic- right. well, biblically okay. I'm anything, with you. anything you give more of your time to than god becomes idolatry yes and so intentional I, or it, unintentional it, right True. and, and yeah. maybe no, it I'm starts on one or the other but right so yeah right. okay yeah but i think there yeah I mean, there's some people out there that absolutely love technology to the extent of it. They they pour their life into that, right? Because um, there's some very non-technological people in our world, probably in our own lives. If you know, if we were to look around, 
that they don't know how to run or operate technology, so they would think, I'm not a slave to that. But in practice, we are. Okay. In in a lot of ways. How so? Well, like after I kind of stumbled on this and started looking into it, one of the things that that came across um, my attention was uh, it's kind of fun when you're in a small group of people. Maybe you're at a restaurant. Well, not that we be at restaurants very well anymore, but, um, you know, after a meeting or you're just standing around um, and one person pulls out their phone and looks at it, the rest of the group might continue on in the discussion. But if a second person pulls out their phone and looks at it, it almost kills the entire group dynamic and everybody is suddenly checking their phone whether they had a reason to or not. Mm. Okay. It's like a yawn. It is like a yawn. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, it, very much. Um, you know, certain sounds that you hear. Right. Um, you have phantom leg ring. Have you ever had that? No, what? No, like you keep your phone in your pocket on vibrate. Yeah. and then Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. You feel your phone ringing in your pocket it's not. and it's not in your pocket yeah that is weird yeah and okay. so even subconsciously we're 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 feeling a draw to the technology we've kind of rewired our brains for technology in a lot of ways or technology has rewired our brains okay yeah Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i think for me i um it was an unintentional leaving of my phone behind I, I don't remember where i left it or you know you just you just find yourself apart from your phone and you kind of have this moment of nakedness yeah. <laughs> like what do i do without my phone um used to in our culture we'd check for our wallet and our keys mm-hmm. and now we check for our wallet our keys and our phone um or person keys or you know whatever um but now we have to make sure our phone is with us and so I found myself one afternoon just I, – I didn't realize I didn't have my phone with me. And all of a sudden, I found myself in a quiet spot. And I, f- I felt this anxiousness kind of wash over me of like, what am I going to do for the next five minutes? I don't have my phone. And that anxiousness really kind of jarred me to an extent. And so I, I sat back and, and I just – I didn't know what to do with that feeling because I couldn't go get my phone in that moment. I, I didn't even know where it was at that moment. And so, so I just kind of sat back and thankfully I feel like, I feel like it was God, I, you know, not, not necessarily audible, but this thought kind of came across my, my mind and my heart of why are you so uncomfortable with your own thoughts? And that really scared me in that moment that I realized I needed somebody else's voice to feel comfortable, whether that was a voice through Facebook or I'm looking at something on Safari, I'm, you know, I'm browsing or I'm looking for a podcast in Spotify or I'm playing a game or some kind of input into my, my spirit. It really scared me that I felt anxious about being alone with my own thoughts. Hmm. And so that caused me to step back, and that's why you know I started seeing those the social um, the social experiments of how many people have their phone out, um, you know, at a meal. You know, you go to a restaurant and look around at the families and uh, meetings happening around you, and and just watch how often the phones are out, or 
you know, you go to a doctor's office. Um, I took a book one time to a doctor's office, and I felt out of place because everyone had their phone out <laughs> in the waiting room. But I had a book. And even beyond that, what about, you know, having relationships or even just – even if it's just a brief encounter with somebody. You know, I'm not an extrovert, but it still would seem meaningful to have a conversation with somebody in that context. But I just – I started noticing how much – our phones in particular were a barrier between us and what's going on around us. And so, you know, just this idea of not being fully present in the moment was really starting to, to bug me that I would, you know, we'd turn on Netflix at home and I'd scroll Amazon, <laughs> you know, I mean, how many times do we have to buy adapters around here at the church to get a HDMI into a, you know, USB-C and, you know, stuff like that, that I'd, you know, this thought would cross my mind of, oh, I, you know, I should buy a couple cables and that adapter and that extension cord. And so I'd do that while watching the TV and I'd hear somebody in the room, you know, Donna or the kids would be laughing at whatever show we're watching. And I'd realize that I totally missed the joke, right. whatever was happening. You know, and I didn't miss the plot line, but I missed that little bit of joy. And my family was laughing, but I wasn't. And so I really started pulling back and, and looking at how much I let my digital footprint in life kind of pull me away at times. And and something, just kind of a question that popped into my head, like when you were talking about sitting in the waiting room and and noticing, or, or sorry, like sitting in, and not having your phone on you for a few minutes and thinking like you needed somebody else's voice. Yeah. Right. Well, well, what if that is the natural God-given longing for his voice and for actual human interaction? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that, exactly. That we're replacing that with this um, man-made version of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not the same. It's not real. Right. Yeah. Because, um, if, I mean, if, if you're out there listening and you want to know more about this beyond this podcast, um, Cal Newport is the guy – who has written some books, and he's on dozens of podcasts and this and that. But um, Cal Newport's kind of the the main proponent of digital minimalism in our culture right now, um, and he's got some great great stuff out there. Um, but he and don't let me don't let me forget to come around to the spiritual side of this because <laughs> that's what you just asked. Yeah. But I want to I want to frame it through our cultural view into our spiritual. Um, he talks about how. We sacrifice our ability to do what he calls deep work when we are entranced by um, digital and technology, meaning that we do – for us to do truly deep work, meaning meaningful, deep thought, critical thinking, some of our most creative work, which matters to me as a creative, um, that takes time. And we've got to work our way into deep work. I mean, um, even if you go swimming in the deep end of a swimming pool, you still have to enter at the surface. If you want to swim in the deep end, you have to enter at the surface and you have to work your way to the bottom. And so for us as humans to do truly deep work in our lives, we still have, we have to work our way below the surface thoughts. And if digital is always distracting and multitasking and and not that these are bad things right i mean these are good things right. but um 
multitasking really wasn't a thing in our lives until digital came about. Hmm. And I kind of wonder, and I don't have any proof of this, but in my mind, (laughs) I feel like the dots are tied, connected to digital came into our life, computing, you know, alt tab, and we can switch over to email. You know, we can, we can do all these things where we're doing 10 things in the same moment. Um, and so we've come up with this concept of, oh, I'm a great multitasker to kind of cover up and justify distractions in our lives. Right. But in reality, what we're learning is that multitasking doesn't help us. Um, <laughs> you're going to love this. There's a study. Oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, and I think it, I want to say it was British. I can't remember now. Um, we'll have to look this up later. Um, but there was a study that they took a group of people and had them do like a IQ test type thing, something to measure their intellect. And so they got a baseline. And then they put some type of, whether it was a phone or some type of digital device um, in front of them, and, and they, they prepped them from what I understand and said, it's going to ring, it's going to buzz, it's going to do whatever, but it's face down and you can't check it, but it's going to buzz. And so they did the baseline test with no distraction. And then they did a second test with just, just the notifications, not even actually picking up and sending a text back or checking stock report or, you know, whatever that might have been. They just allowed the audible distraction, but they stayed focused on the test in the midst of that. And then they did it a third time where the participants were allowed to smoke weed. They were high taking the test. Okay. Um, so baseline test, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler alert. Baseline test was their most intelligent rating. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They're fully focused on the test. Um, which one do you think – the IQ points dropped more significantly, high on pot or with uh, a phone buzzing in front of them, not checking it. I know some really smart stoners, so I'm going to go ahead and say the notification one is where they dropped the most. On average, like 10 IQ points. There you go. Not even dealing with the distractions, just knowing it's there. And then it was only like four four points lower, um, high. <laughs> Okay. So, so not not a ton greater. Not yeah, not not yeah. But the point being that just having distractions in our in our in our environment mm-hmm. caused their performance on an IQ experiment to drop fairly significantly mm-hmm. just from those distractions. And imagine if we were actually dealing with those distractions of trying to text, trying to email, trying to check whatever it was we did, and, oh, I need to order that on Amazon. Oh, I forgot to call the kids' school. And, you know, there's all these thoughts that if we actually followed all of those distractions, I would imagine those results would have even dipped even greater, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so um, so with all of those distractions, with all of those things happening in our lives, and we feel like this voice is, you know, we, we crave that voice of coming in, you know, from that outside, and God's voice is the still small voice, how will you ever hear God's voice? Right. If we're constantly overwhelmed with all of these other input sources. Hmm. And we never take that moment to 
be still long enough to know that he has God. Well, there's Psalm 4610 right there. So, <clears throat> you know, I think that's probably, uh, this is speculation, but I think uh, may, maybe that's part of why God brings people low before they start listening because it's a sobering moment. Generally, the, the big life-changing moments in people's lives are following a time of, of things not going well for them. What, mm-hmm. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah. Um, and, and I think probably part of that is you get a little more focused on what matters at that point, and I think that's when God's voice starts to come through more. It's, it's when we let all those other voices in that he gets pushed to the back. Right, right. The process of getting us to a point where we're willing to listen is the stripping away of the other voices, of brokenness right, in our right, lives. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, Cal Newport calls it that deep thought that deep work, um, you know, and so us as parents or employees or, um, you know, whatever our calling is in life, how much better we could be in those roles if we allowed ourselves into that moment of deep work. And we're removing the voices in our life so that we can hear God nudging our spirit, giving us those, you know, that we would probably hear his voice more often, broader in our culture, if we took time to listen. It's the process of being intentional about getting rid of those voices, getting rid of yeah. those distractions, rather than waiting for something big and tragic to happen. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> there's so much there's so much uh, work in our culture right now, from a from a non spiritual study even of. What does what multitasking do to our productivity? What does um, How important are the first 30 minutes of your day when you wake up? And if, if that 30 minutes shapes the course of your day, wouldn't you want to be intentional about that 30 minutes? Mm. And so, you know, for the, the high-powered businessman, you know, who wakes up first thing in the morning and the first thing they do is open email. And in the first 10 minutes of their day, they've responded to five emails. That sets the course for how their day is going to go. And if some of those emails were frustrating and I can't believe I have to deal with this problem and that problem, and uh, my people would just do what they were told, you know, (laughs) that sets an attitude, a course, a, 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 a tempo and a rhythm for your day that if we're intentional about it, we can totally change those things. And so that's what I, as we, as I dug into this a little more, that's, I started noticing those things of what is, what am I putting into my mind and my heart in those first 30 minutes? And what am I putting into my mind and my heart in the last 30 minutes as well? Um, I'm a night owl, so it's harder to control the night for me, um, the morning, I, it takes me 30 minutes just to wake up. So <laughs> that first 30 minutes, I, you know, just it's digitably <laughs> minimal anyway. <laughs> digitably. Digitably. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, all of that comes from a, from a secular study standpoint, but those are spiritual principles, 100% of right. – um, if we start our day off with the Lord, if we're starting our day off 
um, with even just a single verse. We don't have to read chapters out of Leviticus. You know, it, it can be just a single verse, and it can be the same verse for a month. And then we just spend a couple minutes in prayer before our day starts. And so we're talking maybe five minutes right there. How that sets up the course of our day is so significant mm-hmm. and and so meaningful. Um, and, it, and it's not this deep spiritual feeling. It's just this is where I'm starting my day instead of, you know, morning after the election. Roll out of bed, and the first thing you want to check is, well, is somebody the winner yet? Right. How does that set the course of your attitude and emotions for the day? Well, that's kind of what Randy was talking about this last Sunday uh, in his mm-hmm. uh, sermon. Is that was that this last Sunday? Uh, yeah. Talking about uh, turning the news on in the morning. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. He just would, you know, put it, put it on his background noise while he, you know, went around getting ready to start his day. And you know, it, if you throw the news on or TV on in the morning, I mean, that's that's gonna affect you somehow Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and so every little aspect of our environment like that affects us and so digital minimalism is how is that digital uh, footprint in our life affecting us uh, throughout our day you know i I really hated the um, apple calls it the screen time measurement or app you know if you spent four hours and 57 minutes and then they tell you what app you were in Right. Like, oh, stink. How many how many games of Clash Royale have I played? I knew, it. I knew that's where it was going. <laughs> you know, um, and so it's it's really but some of those things are so valuable. Right. And really, I mean, I consider them a part of, of my life. And so that's why this is not an anti technology thing. It's not a it's not even an anti social media thing because social media is probably honestly probably one of the biggest offenders in digital minimalism because yeah. social media i mean i guess we're going to do another podcast on this one right we, we planned on that before yeah. we ever sat down for this yes uh, we the, could talk the entire you know however long we yeah. sit down here on social media alone right because there's the new documentary uh now i can't even think of the name the social, social dilemma social dilemma yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna watch it okay and we're gonna yeah yeah we'll go I'll, down that rabbit I'll report hole back yeah but not on friday we won't watch it on Friday. No, we won't because, because we're fasting. That's from... right. This Friday. Well, oh, wait. By the time you hear this, it will have already. <laughs> we will been have already Friday, done that. That's true. And we will have already fasted. Good thinking. But that's still a thing. Hey, and you know what? If you miss it this Friday, the one you can do it again. Man, I'm confusing myself here. After you hear this, if you didn't fast the previous Friday from media from television, do it the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Are we time travelers? Kind of right now, yeah. Because this doesn't exist yet until in the future. So really, we live in the future at this moment. We got to quit. People are going to think we're like doing drugs while we're doing this podcast or something. It's just Dr. Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, where Um, were we? Yeah, so social media can be, I mean, it's, there's studies now about how the algorithms force us into echo chambers that get more and more extreme over time. Um, just the nature of hitting the like button or double tap to heart, you know, or swipe, whatever. Um, we're training ourselves into a social reaction that really is, it's, it's a, it's, it's a digital binary 
ones and zeros. It's mm-hmm. not a real, hey, Kelly, I, you know, that song on Sunday really hit me in the heart, man. I, I've been thinking about the lyrics of that song since Sunday, and it's really made a difference in my life. That is a true social interaction, not a, like, thumbs up. Right. You know? Right. And so it, it's really it's really kind of creepy how we just automatically go to some of these things just as a time waster. Well, we go to them, and then we sort of start measuring our worth by them as well. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. Start, how many likes, how many thumbs up did I get? How many views on that how video? How many angry faces? Ooh, they don't like me, you know? <laughs> like, but I still I still really like the little little smiley face that's hugging the heart. He's my favorite. <laughs> I, I use him way more than I should. But. I'll just go through and do that to all your posts. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, make that. Make you feel better in life. Yeah. I, I will then be able to know my, my worth. It has something <laughs> to do with making people feel all warm and cuddly. So right, right, good. right. So, Yeah. <laughs> we we're straying, aren't we? We're going down the social we media are. rabbit hole, which we knew would happen. Yes, um, but we're going to get off that because okay. yeah, it's huge. But um, so the idea for me, and you know the the principle we mentioned earlier about technology should serve us, not our, us serving technology. And so I have the core of digital minimalism for me, and and others take it a little bit differently at times, but. For me is how can my technology be a resource and a tool to my life, not a distraction or or something that degrades my life. Right. Um, And so um, I have have a a guy that I went on a mission trip with. He's a creative in the church like me and um, photographer, just super, super talented guy. Um, He went to a flip phone. He got rid of his smartphone altogether. I've thought about it. I I did too for a long, long time. And I was like, I just don't know that I can go there. If I could get that <clears> plus like a keyboard where I could just like actually type out and wouldn't have to do like the click you don't want M a T9 times forever? For a, yeah, for a zero or for an O, I mean. Uh, yeah, like that's the one right. thing holding me back is the, the texting mm-hmm. portion. Right. And I think there's phones out on the market. They're Light Phone, Light 2 or something like that that um, – just her phones, texts, and maps, or something like really? that. I mean, super simple, super you know, that. broken down. Yeah, um, but even if you have the latest iPhone or the latest Android out there, you can um, set your phone up in such a way that it's that it is a tool. Um, and so that's that's what I've tried to do for a while now. And I, you know, I'm good at it at times and not good at it other times. And you know. You're out with a few different people, you know, I'm at, after a meeting here at the church or something, and two couple people pick up their phones. Well, I'm reaching for mine, too. You know, I, right. it's not, you know, we're not perfect at this, but um, I have tried to remove all of the apps from my phone that are just idle, idle time. Right. Um, so um, no social media, right. um, you know, very limited on my games. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have one game on my phone, which, um, you know, some weeks are uh, heavily used and other weeks barely used. You know, I apologize to my clan on those weeks. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I mean, the game can be a huge distraction. Mm-hmm. I can sit there and I can play and play and play and play and look for the results and blah, blah, blah. Um but it can also be a tool for me 
in that there are moments where, you know, after eight hours of the day, you're just you're just at a point where you need to unplug for a moment. Mm-hmm. And so playing the game for five or ten minutes is not a bad thing. That right. is useful. That right. is helpful. And so um, it's what happens after that ten minutes. Right, right. <laughs> that it becomes the distraction, after becomes the idle hour. time. <laughs> after the third hour. That's right, you know. Um, and so going through, critically looking at each app on my phone, saying, um, is this a tool? Does this make my life better? Or is this idle? Or does it make my life worse? The Kind of those three categories. And so I, I tried to make a commitment that only things that make my life better. Right. Um, Spotify, I don't know. As a musician, I don't know how I'd live without Spotify. You know, right. that's, I love having every album available yeah. <laughs> at my fingertips, you know, and podcasts now. I'm a podcast junkie in yep. the last year or two. But, um, you know, and so how can those – do those things bring value to your life? And so I've, I've ditched a lot of things that are just – you know, I, I still am on Facebook, but I make that a destination – in my life, I don't. If I have something I need to gain from that, I will go and I will go to my computer and I will right. log into Facebook that way, not on my phone. You have to go out of your way to do it. Right. You have to intentionally want to go use it. It's not just gonna your your thumb's not just gonna be drawn to that button and click right. it. And next thing you know, you're scrolling and Mandy's feeling upset because whatever dog video made her sad. I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. That, that you want, you want those things to be destinations. Cause I've, I mean, there've been some great things happened through Facebook. Right. Um, I got connected with a, uh, a group here in, uh, in town that's doing some good work in the community and that's how I found them. That's how I first connected with them. And that led to a face to face meeting with them. Right. And then I ditched Facebook and leaned into the face to face meeting and, you know, talking with them more personally than on Facebook. And um, that's one of the things that Cal Newport says is that he, he believes social media is like uh, training wheels for the Internet. Okay. And I was like, that's – that took me a minute to figure that one out. Um, but he was – he said, you know, social media is kind of a curator of content. They let you see what they want you to see. Hmm. And there's some really amazing stuff on the internet that you don't really see. Well, I mean like Facebook's not going to show you ads for digital minimalism. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> that kind of goes against their business practices, right? Right. That'd be crazy. <laughs> and so there's some amazing stuff out there. There's amazing people. Um, you know, I've, that's why I've loved podcasting is I've run into a whole group of leaders in the church worldwide that are thought leaders and, talking about the change of our culture, you know, and the guy lives in Australia. I would have never run into that through my tiny little network on social media. Right. Because it's as big as you think it is, it's really not that big, you know. Right. And so I've really loved getting outside of those things and finding some really valuable resources, valuable tools. Um, but I'm a part of some some really great groups on Facebook that, man, we've got a problem with ProPresenter. I'm, I'm going to go check out the group and see what people who are using the product every day are, how they're struggling with it, how they sure. fixed it, what the hacks they found, and you know things like that. And so um, sometimes it's just nice to know that other people are 
uh, failing with the same technology you're right, right. <laughs> failing with too. So, um, so yeah, that's a destination. That's something that I go to um, to to find that benefit. But I use Maps every day. I use Spotify every day. You know, my emails on there. Now, uh, that's the other thing. I'm uh, getting rid of notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've even thought about going as far as only allowing kind of my core relationships to have access to me through notifications. Um, so, like, if anybody texts today, it'll come up on my phone. But you can actually pull your notifications back where it's just your VIPs or I forget what they call it. There's a mm. core group. You know, and that's that's where I like to manipulate manipulate technology to make it work for me better. Sure. Um, but like I, I took a couple of weeks off last month. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Last month. And, and I thought, you know, for these two weeks that I'm on vacation, I am no more email notifications, which I only had my church email showing notifications, not my other emails. And I was like, no, nope, I'm just getting rid of them all. I haven't turned them back on. <laughs> it's so much better. Well, it's, it's crazy though. Once you, once you start giving some of this stuff up, how much you don't miss it. Like, I I will never forget, I was 17 or 18, and I Mm -hmm. went on a church trip to Panama City Beach, and we were not allowed to have our phones out the entire week. We were allowed to get them out for, like, five minutes a day to, like, call our parents, you know, and say, hey, or whatever. And I loved it. Like, Mm -hmm. I was, like, a phone junkie up until that point, and then... That trip, like, it was so nice to, like, I didn't have to worry about, did they text me back? What did they say? You know, right. like, it just was put away. And so now, like, when I go on, like, cruises, sort of the same thing. Like, it costs a lot of money to use a phone on a cruise. Mm-hmm. So I just take that as, like, no, nah, I don't want to pay that money. So right. I just throw it in the suitcase, right. you know? Like, it, exactly. it's a brick for the next week. Let's yep. do this. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah, and, I mean, if you think about how much of – that is internal pressure that we put on ourselves that somebody texted i have to get back with them right now because they are expecting it are they really (laughs) um you know that i think we measure things like um if i send you an email maybe we measure response time in a day 24 hours um you know if if I send you an email and you don't respond back for two, maybe three days, I don't fret about that. If I send you a text and you don't respond for two or three hours, I don't fret about that. If I call you, do we measure that more in minutes? You see what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. We kind of put this internal pressure of I have to be available to people. Um, that's a new thing in the digital world. Yeah. That – there were times where we were unavailable, even to our, our closest loved ones, that we didn't have a car phone. Do you remember those days, Zach? What, before cell phones? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I okay, remember good. those days. Good. <laughs> You're young, but, um, you know, to <laughs> – I mean, I remember when, you know, when we first got Google Maps and I would get a phone call from a certain family member of, can you Google me? I'm lost. You know, <laughs> you know and so – we started having this sense of I've we've got to be available to everyone at all time, twenty four seven, and so our phones stay on our nightstands, and we plug them in next right next to our heads, and and 
really the only thing I'm worried about, not getting an instant notification. I mean, there might be crisis in family and stuff, but if school cancels because of snow, I want to know so I don't have to wake up. Right, right, right. <laughs> but really, I mean, you know, how we kind of self-inflate our own egos and put this internal pressure of I have to be available every second of every day to everybody in my circle, even my high school acquaintance that I know on social media and I haven't seen them in 20, 30, 40 years or whatever, right? That if they message me, I, I, I should be available to them. Which sounds good. I mean, like what you're saying doesn't sound wrong. Like it, right. it, it's good to be there for people. Right. But But are you really – like, is this really the way to do that? And, you know? and the real question is, is it healthy to be that available all the time? Right. You need – we need moments alone. We need that quiet space. We need – it's okay to have five minutes in a dark room to reset. I mean, that's why we sleep at night. I didn't know this was going to turn into a Sabbath talk. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's why we sleep at night. Our bodies need to reset. Just like technology. How many how many problems in technology are solved because you turn it off and turn it back on again, right? Oh my gosh, dude. What? Sorry, this has just got to be said. Elon Musk wants to put computers in people's brains. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to be always on. The, the, the one day that goes wrong, you just reboot. Like, no. <laughs> What's what's the control alt delete for your brain? This doesn't you know, work. <laughs> this is not a good idea. Right, right. And so, yeah. So, the, for me, the digital minimalism falls to just kind of that reset during during the day of I I don't want to be so tied to the digital world that I miss the analog world. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That I want to be very intentional with the wonderful tools of technology. So that those things serve me and not inadvertently pull me away from what matters most. And that is sitting across a table, having a conversation with you or connecting with my wife or my kids or, you know, even even the pets in our life. I'm not a huge pet person, but that matters. And we'll forgive you. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, You've got some great pets too. Yeah, let's not go down that <laughs> rabbit hole so either. They're so weird. <laughs> They're so weird. Yeah. Um, where were we? Yeah. <laughs> so my my big thing is like everything you're talking about, um, and we kind of talked about this beforehand. But really, the biblical foundation for this argument is stewardship. Absolutely. It, you're not being a good steward if all of your time is spent giving it to a world of technology. That world really doesn't exist. Like, it's make-believe. Mm-hmm. It, it's ones and zeros. It's ones and zeros. It's the matrix. I mean, yeah. literally. Yeah. It may not be green, but yeah. It, sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you want me to read that verse that we kind of pulled up? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Ephesians 5. Yeah, it's Ephesians five fifteen through 17. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And that's it. And, I mean, what's yeah. the Lord's will? Love your God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Absolutely. Share Jesus. Get out there. Get right. Out. Yeah. But if our screen time app says we're spending three and a half hours a day on Facebook and we're spending an hour and a half on Fortnite and we're spending whatever, you know, 
Those are hours that we could have been investing into face-to-face relationships. And, you know, can I – this is – feel free to correct me here. I may be wrong. This may just be my own personal experience. But very rarely do I use technology where it doesn't negatively – like put me in a more negative mindset. Um, If I'm playing Fortnite, I'm probably mad because I'm losing. Right. Right. If I'm on social media, I'm probably mad because people are talking about politics. People are saying things I don't agree with. Uh, If I'm watching the news, I'm probably mad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like 90% I feel like of like these things we're pouring ourselves into are just – wasted emotions like we're we're just getting mad at something and then maybe we argue on facebook maybe we argue on a video game maybe right. we're sitting talking to our tv like it's actually listening to us you know what i mean right but like it's wasted effort right yeah i think i mean how many times have you sat on social media scrolling going oh i've already seen that post oh yeah i've i've kind of gotten to the end of facebook i'm i've seen everything i've seen right and then ten minutes later, you go, "Oh, I've already seen this." Yeah, we, we, we ten minutes ago we had the thought we should get off. We've already seen this, but, but that, ten minutes later we're still doing the same thing and we were doing. Wasn't good enough, and it wasn't. Yeah, that's it legitimately addiction. It, yeah, I mean, and we, yeah, I mean, YouTube is mine right now. I can't. I, <laughs> I got a couple of threads on YouTube from magic shows and. Uh, comedians to, you know, just goofy things. And it's just kind of my end of the evening, brain dead. You know, I'm just vegging, just relaxing. And a good laugh at the end of the day is great, you know. So thank you, Jim Gaffigan and <laughs> Fluffy, you know, and all those guys. So, um, but hour and a half later, really? <laughs> do I need to? Do I need to listen to that many times, you know, if... So yeah, it's it can it can just suck you in so fast, and part of the intentionality behind it also, like you mentioned, news. And I thought about this a second ago. There are obviously some very quality sources for news, ish, <laughs> and there's some very unquality sources for news, and there's some news aggregators that just bring it all together. And you don't really realize what what source you're getting what article from. Does that make sense? Are you following me? I follow you. I don't know if I agree with you, but I follow well, you. Well, no, wait for me. Okay. Wait for me here. So it's easy to have these apps on our phones, and we can get sucked into news the same way we get sucked into social media. But we're, you know, I would rather find the trusted mostly trusted <laughs> news source that I that I want to read or I want to listen to. And I would rather read 10 articles of theirs than 100 articles of the aggregate news of I don't know if it's left, right, leaning, middle. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of the just kind of the, the share button stuff that you see on Facebook. Is that kind of what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, I mean, about? you got clickbait, but even like the, the Apple News app. Right. Uh, you know, they curate stories for you based on what you've clicked on in the past. But, right. you know, I clicked on that one to think, really? They think the headline reads that? And then I realize, okay, that's really what they're saying. They're coming from an opposite perspective of what I'm thinking, but whatever. But, like, you can read 100 articles on there and not really know what's going on. 
but if you know where to go, if you curate your news source, what I, here's the point I'm getting to. You're okay. looking at me skeptically. You can't see that on the podcast, but Zach, Zach has a skeptical look. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is find the apps, find the resources on your phone that give you quality, not quantity. Okay. And so I was trying to use news as an example, but yeah, I think we're going. I, I, I think, think there's a rabbit hole there. I think we don't the want problem to is that we picked news as the this problem. As, yeah. yeah, like I understand what you're saying. But, like pick quality over quantity because social media technology is just filled with quantity. Yes. But what in it is quality? The reason I'm skeptical is because I really don't think there's a news source without a bias. Therefore, I really don't right. know that I trust any of them as 100% legitimate. That's my point. Right. But so I'm with you. That's, a, that's an avenue, though, that we need to be super intentional of how we receive our information because we can get down echo chambers and right. go down rabbit holes there that, that don't help us. And, and so building that quality, building that intentionality into what we do on our phones, in our technology, not just phones, but all technology. Is it, is it fair enough to say this? Know where the information is coming from. You you should be more yeah. you should be more critical about how you choose h- how you choose who to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, you know, a silly example is the people who fly off the handle at that one headline, right? Only for the comment to come back as uh, this that isn't was, true. That was a satire site. <laughs> right. That was right. that was the Onion. That was right. Babylon B. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, knowing where that's at, and if you're if you're wanting to absorb news or you're wanting to absorb X, Y, and Z, what is the best quality way to do that? And spend twenty minutes, not two hours, absorbing right. quality information. So, and yeah. I think it's important that we take that time. The time that we give up, um, or sorry, the, the time that we. Um, quit contributing to media, to technology. Um, we need to take that and we need to focus it on the things that matter. We need to be reading our Bible. We need to be learning about Jesus. We need to be praying. We need to be spending time with the people that we love. We It's, it's not just a matter of giving up technology. It's a matter of replacing it with the things that matter. Right. Right. Because why did, uh, you know, the Bible app that probably most everybody uses, I mean, it's the biggest, one of the most downloaded apps in history, um, just like the Bible's the most printed book in history. Um, Why is that not our go-to when we have an idle moment with our phone? Right. We go to all these other things instead of even the Bible app. Now, I have have a legitimate answer for that. Okay. And I don't know that it's... It, it may just be me, but like if I'm in a busy place, I can't read. But I can. Right. But if somebody's talking on my phone, I can focus on their voice and hear their words. But like the voice in my head that reads, it'll get drowned out. Yeah. Right. The voices in my head that read. No. I believe that. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like it's hard yeah. for me to focus on the words I'm reading. And so I, I struggle with that. I actually carry headphones in my pocket, and I won't even play anything. I'll just stick them in because they're, like, noise-canceling if I want to read, like, a Bible app on my phone. Right. So go invest in some mm-hmm. noise-canceling headphones, folks. There you go. That's your – There you go. <laughs> That's how you use the Bible app. Um, so 
How would somebody implement this? Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. Are we, you ready? I'm ready. Go down that. Um, the I think what we struggle with is that this is an area of our life that we have to legitimately make drastic changes cold turkey. That just small little adjustments here or there don't achieve what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So turning off your notifications, okay, that – Maybe you don't see them coming, but as soon as you have an idle moment, we pick up our phone and we check our email anyway. You know, that, is that really that much different? And so right. um, so the way that, that Cal Newport, the way that they recommend this is that you literally wipe your phone for 30 days. Mm. Just get rid of all your apps. Get rid of everything. Even things that you probably are 99.9% sure – that is a resource. That's a tool that makes my life better. Get rid of it. Just get, the only thing that's on there is phone calls or phone calls and texting. But turn off the browser, turn off email, turn off everything. Just get rid of it. And let your body detox, essentially, from those addictions because that's it's the, it's the serotonin, it's the endorphin release or whatever that is. Dopamine. Whatever. Dopamine, yeah. It's that dopamine hit you know, to, to go to those things. And so we have to detox from those. Mm-hmm. And, um, they say it probably takes close to two weeks to truly let go. And honestly, like th- this is something I've done, like to, like I will constantly download new games on my phone. So I have my <clears> best <throat> friend, I have him lock me out of my phone. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't download a new app. Like if I want to download a new app, I have to intentionally go to him and be like, hey, type in the password. I need to download this app for work or something. You know right. what I mean? And so, like, if you don't trust that you're not going to just pick it back up and start reading the news, watching social media, playing games, brick it. Go have somebody turn your phone into a stupid phone. You know, like that's. Well, yeah, you can put a it's, – it's a parental restriction for right. kids. But why not have your spouse or uh, right. best Someone friend – Put a restriction on that you can't go into the app store. Exactly. Why not? That's it. Yeah. And so, yeah, you you spend those first two weeks of that 30 days just detoxing. And then you spend the next two weeks sorting through the the muck in our minds of what matters. Because we're, we're so tied to these things that it's hard to sort through on a lot. I mean, there's a lot of gray areas of... Well, this is helpful. Like YouTube for me. <laughs> I love going to YouTube. I learned so many things going to YouTube of, you know, how do you, you know, pro presenter, playing guitar, doing, you know, video editing, photo editing, you know, all these different things. How do you, how do you set this up? How do you do that? It's such a resource, such a tool. But at the same time, that one can be a big distraction for me. <laughs> right, right. And so, but so then does that app then qualify as something that I probably shouldn't have on my phone. I should probably just go to the computer when I need to learn how to repair my car when I need to. Right. I probably. I, well, I'm just saying, like, I yeah. think it's person to person. It's different. Right. Can you get on YouTube without falling down the rabbit hole? For me, certain times of the day, absolutely. Okay. Like, during, you know, during waking hours, I don't I don't go down the rabbit hole. But, right. you know, when I'm. Laying in the recliner, it's when, different. Yeah. The kids have gone to bed and I'm doing meds for Eva and I want to, you know, I'll turn on a comedy guy and listen to him for 
you know, the 10 minutes while I'm making meds. And then it, oh, but then there's that other one. (laughs) That's when the rabbit hole shows up, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's, yeah. So we have to decide, is this, is this building my life? Is it detracting from my life? Is it just idle? Um, And so what I've done is I've put uh, some of these apps on my iPad. Because I don't carry that with me. I'm not conditioned to reach for it and look for it. And so, like, like I've got, um, like I've got Fortnite on my iPad. Um, at least when Epic would let it run on an iPad. But, um, and I only play that with my son. And I've actually gotten to play in groups with him and his buddies. And I don't embarrass him. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Um, but I, that is an intentional way for me to connect with my son. But it's not on my phone. I don't, you know, right. I don't need it there. I don't, I'm, I'm going to make that a destination where I have an opportunity to connect. And so I'm going to go play this with my son and right. goof off and, you know, you know, and so maybe YouTube should just be on my iPad and not on my phone. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, we have to think strategically like that of this is something I use and need, but it's also a dangerous thing for me as far as idle time. So, how do I put boundaries in my life that if I can't make those decisions for myself, like you said, you go to your friend to lock out a phone and, yeah, bring bring that accountability into play. Cool. So, And then after the 30 days, just add back in the essentials, what you absolutely need. And so, like, I've got – I've probably got – I don't know. I've probably got 100-plus apps, but there's 40 different restaurant apps. Right. Because I'm going to get my free burrito at Qdoba. Let right, me tell right, you. Right. <laughs> you got to get your points at Chick-fil-A, right? Um, but those are not apps that contribute to idle time. I don't open my Qdoba app. And, they just sit there most of the time. Yeah. Right. If I'm in that restaurant or I have the Speedway app to, you know, flash the code so I can get gas points or whatever. You know, it's they're just. They're tools. Yeah, they're tools. They bring value to my life because I get free stuff from them. Right. You know, I mean, the manager at Qdoba knows I've got a lot of kids and I bank my points and. You know, it's just a fun conversation. And right. so, um, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the concept of just how do we simplify our lives so that we can be more intentional, more purposeful in what we're doing on a digital front um, and use those for the ways that bring us the most benefit. I mean, I don't need to scroll Instagram for two hours. Right. I don't. Well, I think that's something we could all incorporate. Um, I I think it's something I've I've tried to be more intentional about, and Mm -hmm. I I hope that everybody else kind of falls in line with that. It's important. Yeah. Um, Anything else before we move on to next Um, week in the world of social media? Well, maybe we can talk about that more next week. uh, With that, is um, like part of part of my job at New Hope is to manage social media. Right. But I'm a digital minimalist. Right. But I manage social media. How do those things How does that work? Yeah, what if that's your job? Right. Because, I I mean, there's another great um, uh, person out there, um, uh, Carlos. I'm not going to remember his full name. I think it's Carlos Whitaker. And goes by Loswit, Loswit or something. Anyway, um, he, uh, worship leader turned conference speaker, pastor, author. Um, he's, He's a huge influencer on Instagram. But he does not keep social media on his phone. Hmm. Um, 
and super, super great guy, super open, transparent about his struggles with depression and anxiety and how social media um, exacerbated those in his life. But yet he makes a huge part of his family's income through Instagram hmm. and how he has put barriers in his life, not barriers, but uh, guardrails in his life for um, managing social media when it's part of what he does for a living. Okay. And so it's really fascinating. So we might have to talk about him a little bit. Okay. All right. Let's write that, that down. It's Carl- kind of going down Carlos that road. Carlos Whitaker, you said? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Note is made. Note is made. made. All now right. We'll, now we'll just lose the note. And yeah, we won't remember. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, put it on your phone because then we'll always see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. don't just write it on paper. <laughs> and that side note, this total squirrel, but I have learned – I've gotten back into – uh, journaling and doing to-do lists on paper and pen, you know, the old analog way. And I, I just love it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't read books on digital devices anymore. I like the, I the can't paper. read them on digital devices. Like I can on paper. I've no, I've noticed I, it, yeah, it, it affects my eyes more. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm just getting old. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for hesitating on that. That's encouraging. Now, I didn't know. Now we shall end. I was waiting for a laugh, and you didn't laugh, and I was like, "Oh, he's being like real." All right. Very good. Yeah. We'll, we'll just end it. Then. Anything dun, else? Dun, 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 dun. There's the end music. Let's go. No, I, I think that's good for now. I mean, um, if you want to know more, check out Cal Newport, um, Digital Minimalism. There's some great books out there. Um, there's some. Um, um, you know, uh, there's even, even some guys like uh, uh, John Mark Comer um, and Mark Sayers. Uh, no, uh, John Mark Comer um, specifically in talking about um, just decluttering, de debusying our life, um, leaning into Sabbath and stuff like that. Some really great um, spiritual thought leaders on stuff like that. That's just, yeah, cool. I, I need to lean into it more, I think. We all I would do. really enjoy life more, but um, yeah, I've enjoyed just feeling like I can have moments of deep thought, and I'm comfortable in in my own head. Right. I'm not. It doesn't. I I love that comfort. I can't believe that I got to the point of anxiety around that. So, um, yeah, awesome. I encourage you guys. Give it a shot. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to Salty Saints podcast. Thank you, Jason, for talking about decluttering and getting rid of uh, and a lot of this junk and thank you to mark yeah for, for bringing this up getting me a seat back at the podcast table you are welcome here whenever you want man you are <laughs> two doors away you just two doors don't away do it. that's right uh, yeah right yeah. on so if you uh want to support what we're doing here check us out at anchor.com listen to us wherever podcasts are found obviously you have already found us or you won't hear these words right um in the future where we live today <laughs> Stay salty. Move it up. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com.